Hello, this is Bill Curley. And Holly Hudley. And welcome to the podcast In Between, which is an educational offering of St. Paul's United Methodist Church and Ordinary Life. <laughs> hi. You know, hi. I, I think that people, maybe you had this idea way before we started doing this podcast, you had this idea that we should just start recording our conversations. <laughs> and, and if people need the backstory of what we talk about before we get on the podcast, yeah. or the FCC would probably ban us. Yeah. Oh, what are you saying? I, I cuss too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. But I know that we we get to talking so much and we don't have a whole lot of time for yeah. the lift of the podcast. Yeah. But I got an agenda. Okay. okay. I, I'm I'm down. I like a surprise agenda. <laughs> uh well, it's three things. Number one, uh, which I just told you about, people who have not gone to the website to hear or see Barbara Roberson's presentation from last Sunday, please do so. She was outstanding that's awesome um, yeah it's uh, i mean she, I, I mentioned afterwards to jim bankston man that you and i both love uh-huh. i said wow barbara roberson was just amazing she you know she's a retired methodist minister mm-hmm. who attends st paul's okay st paul's has more retired methodist clergy than you can shake a stick at she said at one time <laughs> there were 32 retired Methodist clergy connected uh-huh. to St. Paul. Hmm. Anyway, Barbara Robinson used to be a medical researcher at Stanford. Wow. And in her tenure there, she was friends with Niels Bohr and Linus Pauling. Hmm. Linus Pauling, both of them were Nobel Prize winners. Yeah, right? no one to, to shake a small stick at. <laughs> and she said that Linus Pauling came to her office every day Mm-hmm. So she could help him find his car in the parking lot. That's hilarious. It is really interesting how these like genius people can think in these huge ways, but not sometimes manage the life right. tasks of remembering where you parked your car. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to jump over the second yeah. thing I want to talk about and go to the third thing. And that okay. is that this Sunday, Stephanie Warfield is going to be in class yeah. and Everybody who's experienced Stephanie loves her. Yeah. She's a nomad. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Is she still she's, spending time in Sweden? Is that where she yes, lives? Yeah, yes, okay. yes. She's in yeah. often temporarily, but heading back to Sweden and she's yeah. been all over the world. And yeah, uh, she's just a inter- very interesting character. Yeah. And anyway, I yeah. hope people will either come in person or will. Um, live stream tune in and 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 watch it because uh she's amazing she's amazing <laughs> uh, she is amazing she's a, just a beautiful soul and someone yeah, who during I, covid would email us fairly regularly just yeah, offering I would, I, yeah. I, I, I would say that the two people over my long time in teaching ordinary life that have related to me and get the kind of um energetic response from me about their internal beauty and wisdom and all that are you and stephanie mm. you know that both of you are very creative and you love words and you're very <laughs> smart and you're 
apparently scared of very little. I know you're a six, but you're a <laughs> I'm a counterphobic six. six. That's right. I, I dive Just in. Rush right into the fray. <laughs> I don't need a parachute. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So the second thing that I jumped over that I really want to talk about is entanglement. Oh, okay. And you read an article about... In the New York Times yeah. mm-hmm. about black holes. Mm-hmm. And, and the metaphysics of black holes and entanglement. Did you read that article? I don't get the times. We get it online, but I didn't. I'm a, I am not a great daily periodical reader. So I need to go and look it up. And I'm not either. But yeah. one of my one of my clients uh, brought it. Uh, I, Sherry takes the times. So we get the times every day. And um, I have the article. I sent a text to my youngest granddaughter. Mm-hmm. who I got a brag mm. for the third time in a row her second year in engineering and A&M she made a hundred on a calculus three exam I have a word for that 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 radio people would ban us for that's awesome isn't that amazing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so She's... I love that especially for a young woman because there's so few women it's getting better, but engineering is historically a male-dominated field. Yeah. So I love that for a young woman. Yeah. Congratulations. She's so her. smart. Yeah. Yeah. But what uh, um, I just, I, I want to give testimony to the fact that in this very liberating and challenging transition in my own life mm. that I am making, I have experienced so much entanglement. Yes. With your vet? With our vet. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. I didn't know until last week when yeah. I cried all the way through our time uh, that we would have done a podcast. Yeah. That we yeah. share the same vet. And that, well, not she's not your vet, but her partner. But her office is our veterinarian. I mean, so sometimes we've seen Dr. Kyle, and for weeks when you were talking about her, I didn't even process that it was the same Dr. Kyle. And she's really great. So we love, we really do love their office. And And I, I, I've gotten, I'm not willing to share this because it's too personal, but Mm -hmm. I've gotten an email back from her after my dog had to be put down and and she had adopted my dog and she knew what to do she could give him an x-ray when he hit a medical emergency and tell me what needed to be done and was yeah. willing to do it she was crying when she told me that he had to go and i could experience and in the email i got from her since then we've exchanged several emails it's just such a in, wonderful entanglement. I could not have written a better script for my yeah. dog's departing than that. I but know. it's not. It, it's yeah. just not just been that. It's just there have been so many things, people, experiences that have just seemed to meld together to provide the kind of support and guidance that I needed during yeah. this tricky life passage yeah it's amazing how liberation is also painful yeah you talk about feeling both freed and it's difficult so there 
that's, gosh, I mean, that touches on the topic that we were on for several weeks, which is the hero and heroine's journey. Liberation is painful. We must go through the cave in order to come to the other side of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But entanglement is... (laughs) You know, I, I've also had the incredible experience of being parented by my children. Yeah, that is probably and, humbling. And I bet they love doing it. Well, they have done such a wonderful job of it. And you, of course, you know my son better than my daughter. Mm-hmm. But um, two weeks ago, they came and cleaned out my kitchen. <coughs> well, that and, was a gift and probably uh, have to let them do. <laughs> oh, I took such ridicule. I such, bet you did. Dad, you've had this uh, since 1975. <laughs> my daughter picked up a can of spice that had a, it was from a Safeway grocery store, which is oh, not even in existence in Houston anymore, that cost 78 cents and expired in 1978. <laughs> I think you deserve the ridicule, friend. That's uh, time and to get I mean, just. Thing after thing went in the garbage can. So Sabrina, my daughter, came back with her husband, came back over this past week to finish the kitchen. Wow. And so I have two huge spice racks, you know, because I fancy myself as a gourmet cook and I love to cook and all that sort of stuff. She, she opened the spice rack. And first thing she did was started taking pictures of it. Uh-huh. I said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm sending these to my brother. <laughs> yeah he uh, won't believe this either yeah so. that's you know that's why we have siblings so that we can gang up on our parents a little bit <laughs> I'm one time I walked into my kid's room to say good night and it had been I don't remember the specifics but it had been a bit of a you know messy night it just people frenetic and <laughs> And by the time it was bedtime, I was just like, go to bed, time for bed. But of course I went in, said goodnight, gave him a hug and kiss. And I heard one of my sons saying, mommy is a fun sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought at first I was a little hurt. And then I thought, this is why we have siblings. They need someone to be able to say, mommy is a fun sucker too. I had never heard that phrase before me neither but i apparently am a fun sucker so (laughs) but what was so beautiful is that i walked in on it and we all ended up laughing because i overheard it and i thought what is a fun sucker (laughs) you know somebody is sick of fun yeah i did that night apparently so (laughs) Um, i think the things that um that, that have just come into my field of vision to read or to hear yeah. uh, have been uh, the same kind of um, synchronicity or entanglement. I just happened since I last talked to you after that last Tuesday, mm. that was such a hard, hard time for me. Mm. Saw a documentary mm. um about and I'm blocking on his name, uh, the guy who wrote Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen has uh-huh. a doc- there's a documentary about the writing of that song. I love that song. Well, when it was first written, nobody did. Hmm. 
As a matter of fact, one music publisher bought the song, made a record of it, and then refused to pub- release it to keep it from getting on the market. Wow. Because they thought it was not good music. Hmm. And then the documentary, which you will have to watch to, um, to, to, to experience what I experienced. There were two times in that documentary. And this is from people who, Leonard Cohen was Jewish. He yeah. spent several years at the end of his life in a Buddhist monastery. Yeah. yeah. You knew that. I didn't I did. know that. Yeah. 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 He's a deep spiritual seeker. Yeah. And I have a book of poetry of his. Um, and I, so actually this is an interesting entanglement. Um, I love Padre Gotuma, the poet who is yeah, uh, also the, got yeah. me onto him. Yeah. yeah. And he's friends with a friend of mine who got him to lead an online workshop during um, COVID and his workshop centered around Leonard Cohen's poetry. And um, our prompts, it was also a writing workshop. Our prompts were based on Leonard Cohen's poetry. Um, And that's how I ended up with his book of poetry. (laughs) What what struck me as interesting is that twice in the documentary, when people were talking about these very public, quote, secular venues, Mm -hmm. where the song was sung and Mm -hmm. it caught fire. Mm that the, the, the record producers, writers, people said it was a church event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two separate people in two different occasions used that phrase. And I thought that's really interesting because for so many people, church has such a bad, horrible, well-deserved reputation. Mm-hmm. And that they would say about this happening, this wonderful poem that spoke to so many people, this is a church event. Yeah, it's such, I mean, the, the song, I, you know, <laughs> there are some thinkers that I sort of like innately have a knee-jerk response to. Um, one of them is C.S. Lewis. <laughs> And he's, he's an apologist, right? Um, meaning he kind of makes the case for evangelism. Right. Um, and he's a brilliant writer. But I think it was C.S. Lewis who, who wrote um, in the, what's the one about the screw tape letters, mm-hmm. that people are primed for faith the way that a child innately calls out mommy in the Mm. night. And we can, that's not really the thing to unpack here. The word I might use is belonging. We, we want to know that we belong to people. I have at best a struggled relationship with my mother. And when I am sick and feeling terrible, one of the first words I utter is mommy. Oh, wow. Because I want that holding. And I think that song, why I'm relating this to Leonard Cohen, is it touches something in us that longs for that holding, for that space of holiness in a way. Um, Because it's so 
simple. When you when you say you have a reaction to C.S. Lewis, I take it not a positive one. <clears throat> not entirely, no. Yeah, yeah. I, that's, yeah. That's my response too. Yeah, I just I I think anyone who kind of comes from, I think I don't trust the born again. How about that? And, yeah. and so that's my own thing going on. Um, to yeah. come from atheism to agnosticism to, and now I'm an evangelist for Jesus Christ is, um, feels always a little, I just don't totally trust it. Um, Mm -hmm. that's my skeptic side coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, jumping way, way, way ahead. Uh I found out, uh, about, uh, Jan Phillips, who's going to be here in January through Michael Morewood. Yeah. And when Michael Morewood was last here and visiting in our home, we were talking about various things. And and Michael told me, he asked me if I had heard of Jan Phillips. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I had not. He said, well, you need to, you need to see if you can get her to come to Houston like you did me, because mm-hmm. I think you would like her. Mm-hmm. And he told me about the experience of going to Nova Scotia to do a workshop with her and they'd never met. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, when they met for the first time and they were doing a quote religious retreat she said to him um before we begin there's something about me you need to know and that is i don't use nor do i allow retreat up to use the word god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he said well that's a relief because i don't allow them i don't use or allow them to use the word christ <laughs> yeah and, it's, uh, it's, yeah go ahead yeah. yeah, well, what I was going to say is that when I was having this intimate conversation with uh, Michael, he, I told him, I said, I, I've come up with this new uh, trinity of words that I think is a good guide for doing theology in our time, and that's faith, honesty, and freedom. I mean, love, honesty, and freedom. And he said, I, I love that, but don't use the word trinity. It's too mm-hmm. Christian. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, we, our language is so limited around around mystery and it, it, yeah, I think that this, um, we need better words to talk about mystery. And if the best words we have are God and Trinity and Jesus, I I think that the best thinkers I know, or that I have encountered, not know, but, you know, and I even, I place Einstein in this category especially as he evolves later towards his life, the end of his life, you know, he, he could hold mystery and science in the same room. You know, he wasn't Mm -hmm. too scientism or too um, fundamentalism. He wasn't a fundamentalist of any kind, in other words, you know, this New York times article that I reference uh, begins by describing the debate that Einstein had with Einstein. (laughs) <laughs> so I pulled it open um, on Google since we've been talking so that I can read it. And I am the part that I stopped at um, that I scrolled down to was Einstein versus Einstein is the subheading. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't know if you are qualified to do this. I don't feel that I'm qualified. So maybe that means we should do it. Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and that is maybe next week devote the podcast to Christian nationalism. 
Oh man. Well, I'm sure we both have a lot of opinions about it. <laughs> we have opinions. I don't know about knowledge. Yeah. I noticed that uh, Diana Butler Bass has been writing about it in her blog yeah. for the last couple of weeks. You know, someone that um, via Curate, Project Curate, that um, Matt Russell and Cleve Tinsley and a host of other people kind of co-lead um, is I've been introduced to Michael Emerson who was a professor at Rice for a long time, but, um, but now is in Chicago, who has done intensive research over the last five and 10 years about the rise of Christian nationalism and has determined via his research that white Christians, two thirds of them, we cannot by definition call them Christians because of their collapsing nationalism, the flag, and Jesus all in this one category. All right, all right. And so he's challenging, you know, we've given, in, in some ways we've let them define Christianity for us rather than saying, no, that's not the defini this definition of Christianity. And I think this is a confusing time in America to be a white Christian, honestly, because <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't align with white white nationalism but to, to, lift, yeah. to, to lift a phrase from a book that was popular in the 60s catcher in the rye mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when he would hear of christian nationalism jesus would throw up yeah i mean i agree it, yeah. it's just absolutely yeah. sickening yeah it's so discouraging and two weeks from yesterday is the midterms and Christian nationalism seems to be gaining momentum. Yeah. It's scary. It's really scary. And that was, that's been Michael Emerson's determination that this, if this encompasses not just two thirds of evangelical or fundamentalist Christians, but mainline Christianity. So just as easily at St. Paul's as at, the most fundamentalist church we can think of right. two thirds of mainline Christians identify on some level with um, the religion of whiteness is what he calls it. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, it's fascinating research and I, I, I would recommend looking into it. I'll put it in the notes that, but yeah, we didn't, we kind of got off off of entanglement. Um. And maybe that's just another entanglement. How do we, you know, it is probably true that the universe doesn't make mistakes, right? For me, the foregone conclusion for that is not, therefore there must be a God controlling it. The clockmaker God, I believe is what uh -huh. Aristotle said. But I think it's because matter craves creativity and order over chaos, but chaos is part of the entanglement. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm really trying to learn to hold that deep balance between chaos and order, destruction and creation, and the need for both. Well, I would like to you to finish reading that article and yeah. talk about it. And let's talk about it next week. Yeah. Because here's where I am at the moment. 
although you can't put any of this really into language. Mm -hmm. um, I am. Yeah, and I am, and what is, and that's God, mm -hmm. and and so um, at the moment, and I think this is really risky to say because it tends to lead to some sort of separatism or isolationism. We are God having the experience of being human, and we're really screwing it up um, because we we think that we're somehow special or the apex of creation or separate from what is but mm -hmm. um, we 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 are just a flower on the cow's rump mm -hmm. said a said in the in terms of cosmology we are the universe having the experience of being human right yeah and that, which is no more special superior or important than an elephant experiencing the universe by being an elephant right um that that yeah that that gets me back to that uh wonderful stage play that that we were so spoken to by uh del gaudio where <laughs> you know the blind men describe the elephant but nobody ever asked the elephant right and I love his further conclusion that perhaps the elephant was truly a magical being, but never got to know itself as a magical being because everybody else called it an elephant. Right. You know, <laughs> right. the elephant is a, a concrete object during his entire dialogue, you know, the sort of, yeah, it's. Um, so I, I have I, during this time yeah. that I'm taking a break from teaching mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. It's another thing of synchronicity that all mm -hmm. these people are stepping up. Bill Martin's going to teach. You're going to teach. Stephen Kleinberg's going to teach. I Great. mean, yeah. such a wonderful group of people. I have been jotting down some notes about things that I want to say when I do come back to teach mm -hmm. full time mm -hmm. on January. And I, one of the sentences I've written is that uh, if you know that no religion can bring you to enlightenment, mm -hmm. then faithfully following a wise and re useful religious tradition can bring you to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. I will add my counterphobic six bent to that. Mm -hmm. questioning it all the way down uh, absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely and but that's you that, got it first yeah yeah you, that's what i mean by if you know that no religion can bring you to enlightenment right you got to know that whether that religion is uh white national christian nationalism or whatever science yeah. or racism or whatever nothing's going to bring you to enlightenment yeah that's depending on something that is outside your own intuitive awareness of i am mm -hmm. that's so great that you just said that again of i am i i 
think it is also accompanied with be here. Mm -hmm. And as you have so often over the years done, you've taken that phrase, be here now, be here, Mm -hmm. be. Just be. And when we get overwhelmed by the bigness of everything and trying to understand who or what is behind our existence, I always come back to that. This is where I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, gosh, not to beat a dead horse here, but uh, that is why I love the Jacob and the angel story is because it's about staying connected, staying faithful, if you will, but engage, engaging with it. There's an author that I love who said, the second that you let go of something, and I don't mean in terms of like clinging or attachment, but the second that we stop struggling or grappling is the second we let go of love. Mm-hmm. And James Baldwin would say that love is struggle, that that's, that's what we're meant to do mm-hmm. is to struggle into our better and higher selves, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm so tempted to close this podcast by singing the Leonard Cohen song, but I don't think I'll be on tune. <laughs> well, he's not either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that when you listen to Leonard Cohen or to Bob Dylan, they neither one can sing or the hoot. And yeah. they can sing. They're, they're beautiful singers. Oh, yeah. And that's that's another thing, right? It's just that, um, that rawness, just that whatever gets touched in us, in that the cry for mommy or the plea of Alleluia. Or the so, out of tune you know, voice, you know, it, it touches something in us too. Let, let me get, let me close by telling you two more instances of entanglement. Yeah, and and um, then we'll talk about black holes next week. Uh huh. You'll take the lead. Okay. <laughs> when I when I when I introduced Barbara Roberson on Sunday, I read the prayer that I got from. The writings of Thomas Merton decades ago about Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. That prayer, as I read that every day now. Mm-hmm. And when she got up to speak, she said, um, I carry that prayer in my wallet. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So yeah. then she did her talk, and I mm-hmm. was so moved and touched by what she did that when she was finished, I got up and I said what I said to you about watching the Leonard Cohen thing. And um, that that we just had a church experience yeah. with Barbara. And she stood back up and said, uh, Leonard Cohen is one of my heroes. <laughs> and she says that he writes in that song, which I also carry in my wallet, mm-hmm. that uh, there's a crack in the vase where the light comes in. Mm-hmm. And she said, what I teach is there's a crack in the vase where the light gets out. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that little shift. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really, I encourage people to go on the internet w- website and watch her, listen to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's funny and um, 
You know, and again, I will just say, and I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable, but she, the experience that you're having, uh, she talks about in in words that you don't use, but it's the same thing. She talked about her experience of being a medical researcher and going along the way and encountering people who let her know that she had the gifts and grace for ministry. Mm. to be a spiritual teacher mm. and that's what i see happening to you yeah i hope that i'm not um i hope that i'm not trying to push against something that's not real it, it feels like think, a stirring when, when do you go defend your dissertation at this point, it's not going to be till the spring because it's in the hands of my committee right now. And then you have, everything takes weeks. So I'm not doing anything with my dissertation right now. Um, but we'll just <clears throat> call on our friend, Matt Russell, to hurry up and read it. Um, <laughs> and um, he's on my committee. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's my outside reader. And so they have to read it, get back to me with any questions or suggestions or edits. I then know I Matt. To, yeah, I know. Tell him he better not mess this up. <laughs> I'm not going to. I know. I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to say, Matt. I understand you have a Holly's dissertation that you're reading. I want you to know there's a guy I know in Detroit named Big Al, uh, <laughs> who. Buddy. want you to be really nice to Holly okay. otherwise well, I want to be held accountable too I just don't want to have to go through them you know it's such an interesting patriarchal institution getting an academic it is it is yeah. it is yeah. and it's uh, it's an elaborate game but yeah yes, yeah so it's in other people's anyway. hands and I and that means I won't be able to apply for defense until January they I just okay. missed the October deadline so okay. I have to apply in January. So well, this has been fun. Yeah, um, this has been good. I I, I like our talks and times too. together. Yeah, me too. Next week, the metaphysics of black holes. Okay, I'll read the New York Times article, and maybe then I'll sing Alleluia because that's a bit of an entanglement too. <laughs> and I will hearken back to the first time a woman. Not, I mean, the first time that I heard about entanglement was from a woman, Ilya Delio, Ilya Delio and how mm -hmm. that just blew me. I, my intuition was yes, yes, yes. It's so wonderful when something deep in you gets validated. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, I gotta go. All righty, bye bye. See Love you too. later. Bye. Bye bye.